This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. They were teasing this movie in a way that made it seem like a heist. Providing insight. His dance is just excellent. So graceful. Commentary. He shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. And now, Gutterball. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm um, I'm good, my friend. I'm That's real good. good. My my friend. Name that movie quickly. Uh, Elephant Man. You got it. See, I didn't think you'd be into that. I thought you would be like David Lynch sold out. You didn't like that. Well, it's not that he saw. I mean, it's like one of his earliest films, so. It's a Mel Brooks movie, so it sucks all yeah. of a sudden. You know, it's got the wrong well, names I attached to it. Without uh, that film, hmm? he would not have been able to go on to create uh, what he did. Dune, yeah. Yeah, or anything <laughs> past that, right? Well, I guess maybe it was the one-two punch that worked out. Cause, so he did Elephant Man, which was a huge critical success, huge mainstream success, right? I'm not an animal. I'm a human being. That's like a line that you still hear repeated to this day. It's quoted in Seinfeld. Yeah. I am a, not an animal. Yeah. It's part Kramer of the cultural the, lexicon. Like, Novocaine in his mouth or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, so he did that. So he, okay, here he is. The toast Thank you, of Wilson. Hollywood. Sorry. The toast of right. And then he goes on. So they're like, okay, right. Dune, huge sci-fi epic, big budget. We want a visionary director. You're just hot off this elephant man. You know, you have some serious cinematic chops here. So what could we do better than say, okay, we're making this sci-fi movie that granted sci-fi doesn't get a great amount of respect. I mean, Star Wars, this is in the midst of Star Wars fever. Right. So, so it's bringing it back. Star Wars is kind of legitimizing it, at least financially. It's bringing you know, sci-fi for, back. Yeah. So they're like, okay, we're going to get, you know, one of the great up and coming directors to do this. Well, who else do they get? David Lynch, right? The, the film becomes somewhat of a travesty. And they're like, okay. David, well, maybe we're not going to give you that much money to make your next film. It goes on to do Blue Velvet. The perfect balance, right? The perfect balance. Like, that's where he found that. That's So, you know, if Dune was a huge success, you never know. He could have gone on to do, you know, all sorts of things that maybe would have been, who knows what, right? Return of the Jedi, perhaps. Yes. Um. He was on the short list for that, of course, Blue, famously. Blue Velvet, his most critically acclaimed film, do you think? His most critically acclaimed most film. Critically. Probably. By the critics. Probably. Probably, right? I would say so. I mean, it's definitely... What's close? Elephant Man or Wild at Heart? There's nothing else that's even no, really No, Elephant close. Man is the only other thing in contention for critical acclaim. Right. I mean, Elephant Man did get Academy Award nominations, I do believe. Did it win anything? I, I don't know. I should know I that, got, I don't know. I got I'm two words for you. I got yes. two words for you when it comes to Elephant Man. Anthony fucking Hopkins. The, yeah. The scene where he walks in and he first sees John Merrick. Mm-hmm. And it's this, is, it's this long shot. Of course, it's all black and white, and everything's more serious and emotional when it's in black and white. And we dolly in 
on Anthony Hopkins as he comes in. He walks in and he sees him. He lays his eyes on him. And we just push in closer and closer and closer. It's a long shot, so they couldn't cheat it. And as we frame him up in a beautiful close-up, I think on the right third of the screen, a tear. A tear, Brad. After like two minutes on camera or something, a tear, a single tear, just rolls down his cheek out of one eye. Can you imagine the kind of control you have to have to elicit one single tear on command? Okay, we would like a single tear now. And it's not like he could put the drops in there. He couldn't do it. It was too long of a shot. He cried. It's like, there it comes. Bloop. Yep. Uh, yeah, amazing, right? The best I, I think... could do is probably urinate on command, maybe, if I had a lot of coffee. Oh, I couldn't even do that. Well, you'd have to drink a lot. I would have to be like, yeah, seriously holding it in the entire time to f- and then finally just let it go. Why is he so... dancing around like that? It's fine. That's how he's a method actor. Do you want him to pee on a command or not? Sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> Please so continue. Man, <laughs> Elephant Man did get nominated for multiple Academy Awards, including David Lynch being di- nominated for Best Director. It did not seem, according to Wikipedia here, did not win a single one. How many did it get nominated for? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them. Eight? And it didn't best win Best Director, a... Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Actor, Best Picture, Best Costume Design, Best Art Direction, Best Film Editing, and Best Original Score. Was it Mary's Offries? No, unfortunately not. Damn that would have been a nice that connection, been nice. though. Patricia Norris. Oh, well, that's his gal. Um, now... If you wanted to do an exercise in frustration, you could see who did, in fact, win Best Director that huh. year. And, Let's you know, see. it's like... Let's see. Heaven's Gate, Terrence Malick. Oh, 70s, I guess. Um, Gate, not Heaven's Gate. Is that what it's called? Whatever. I don't care. Yes, the best... It's like Terms of Endearment 3. Ordinary People. Fucking Ordinary. Remember Ordinary People? Have you ever seen it? Have you ever actually watched it? Of course. I haven't. No? No. You were not in the same film class that I was, that, where that was a required watching. Well, I may have been. I just didn't watch it. You just didn't watch it. I yeah. was probably sleeping. Did we really... What? Did we watch that in... Uh, well, I won't say as... It was uh, American cinema. Well, who cares? Dr. Jordan's class? Was that there? No. 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 It was a different one. No, I didn't see that. I don't think I was in that one. Yeah, you may not have been in that one. Um, we were in, uh, well, if it's any consolation, raging bull was also in the running and okay. did not win All either. Right. Okay. Ordinary people over raging bull and elephant man. Boy, it makes you want to tie the Uzi on the string or something. Just makes you livid. There's no excuse for that. Ordinary people. Are you some kind of ordinary people fan, Brad? I'm not, but it holds a special, you know, I don't know. Like ordinary people. Oh, I don't want to. I mean, it's Rob Lowe and Catherine Hepburn, right? Um, who and Catherine Hepburn? Rob Lowe. No, I don't think so. I I have no idea who. It's if you put a gun to Mary Tyler Moore, Timothy Hutton, Judd Hirsch. That's actually worse than I thought. I thought it was going to be Dustin Hoffman. So I don't want to necessarily go on the record like trashing that movie. I mean, it is an Academy Award winner. It was studied in film class so there's something there right and granted i have not watched it since it was required watching in that film class and at the time i was kind of a head scratcher i will say there is something so in that class there was a lot of watching films 
of a certain time period, uh, what I consider kind of a dead time period, like I, this late seventies, early eighties. I bet you watched Terms of Endearment and Kramer versus Kramer. No, no. But we watched Harold um, and Maude. Some weird Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland was in fifty percent of the movies that we watched. Uh, in this class. officer and a gentleman, he was in that one. Yeah, you can see his exposed buttocks because he's only wearing a shirt. <clears throat> always made me uncomfortable kind of gross you could see his exposed buttocks in this other film that i've never heard of donald sutherland previously or since in this class donald sutherland with his buttocks is like harvey Keitel and his penis you know they just want him out there they want everybody to know about them awful bad lieutenant you've probably never seen that um you know i haven't seen that unfortunately I know that's that is one that I regret. Yeah, I did see the Warner Herzog like inspired by movie with Nick Cage. Right, different movie, which was very different movie, but very different movie. But I actually thought it was pretty fun. I think it's kind of enjoyable. Hard for me to fun say. Is this. a weird way to that weird is, word that is to pretty use for that movie. Weird, but that's a weird way to describe it. But I I think maybe Herzog's movie is worse than the other one which is hard for me to say i'm a big verner fan so he, he puts the Vern and yeah. verner for me most of the time i mean right he's the shit oh yeah without a doubt the mythos around him is just right the whole what joaquin phoenix thing yeah pulled him from the car right. he took a bullet right took a bullet on but you know he he's did take like, a bullet though it's simply ins- it's he's like it was an insignificant shot <laughs> Please continue. Yes. And he continues the interview. And the interview is just like, you just got shot, though. That goes to show you, though, you know, the type of grit, the type of balls you need, right? To For real. Live up to your potential. That's why you and I don't do anything. No, we don't. Other than this podcast, that's about it. <laughs> right. We put minimal effort in. It requires right. us to show up and press a button. Right. I think it's we can like, do that hey, much. Hey, maybe we should spend a little time preparing. It's like, well, no, I, okay. I got to make dinner. Can't, you know, can't do it. Meanwhile, this guy's taking a bullet. He's like insignificant. (laughs) Taking bullets. And we can't even watch this thing. That's not, I got, I got a couple. I, I did. I actually watched this yesterday. I figured like I was trying a new thing. Maybe if I like watch a little bit of the minute. Like beforehand, like long beforehand. Mm-hmm. Give it time to marinate in your mind. Yeah, there you, a little you let bit. it stew yeah, yeah, in yeah. there. You know, good, you, good. you ruminate. You ruminate. So I got a couple of things. Do you want to play the minute now? Sure, go for it. Unless you have other things you want to talk about before um, we did, did we? Ha- I don't think because so. I don't really have any revisits. Yeah, so I don't think we need to revisit. Let's just go. Oh, wait, Let's no, just do it. I'm sorry. I do have, before we go, Yeah, I feel like I always do that. I'm like a Columbo or something. I have one revisit. <laughs> I was talking about the uh, UFOs. Oh, yes. Right? And yes, it's of like, course. We need to revisit this. Oh, yes. is it? Oh, what's that? There was a mountain in the distance. It's Mount Hood. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mount Hood is, in fact, not in Vermont. It's the... Tallest mountain in Portland, which I don't know if you know, I know you're not a geologist, but Portland area, Oregon now, 
has some mountains there. Oregon. Oregon. Oregon, Oregon accumulator. accumulator. <laughs> oh, we are. That would be a topic for a whole different podcast. Oh, Talk my. about that film. We need to do that. that. Whole thing. You know we what? We need to. Special. Then we need to do a special presentation. I think we just found it. Yeah. The mystery. The mysteries will be revealed in this podcast. So anyway. And that film is available on Hulu. You gotta be shitting me. WR the Mysteries of the Organism is available on Hulu. Because they have the entire um, Criterion collection on Hulu. And that film is in the Criterion collection. That film is in the Criterion collection. Yes. You know. So um, so it would be, you know, we could definitely you know we could bring the audience along with us but that's a topic we have to talk about that we can plan a new a whole new experience for our for you listeners now without you, a doubt you know i'm a fan of that world but yeah that actually makes me th- don't take this the wrong way but that makes me think less of the criterion collection the f- okay so it's an important film right so we never finished blue velvet either that discussion like okay. Elephant Man may be more critically acclaimed, at least more mainstream mm-hmm. success. Blue Velvet, without a doubt, is the film that's that, the, that's ha, his, that has secured his place in film history. Yes, that's right? his jam. That's his jam. That is the thing that will be mentioned in the textbooks for students of film That'll be the and first film history mention. for years to years, decades, century to come. I may Blue disagree. Velvet. I may disagree. I may say <clears throat> Eraserhead just because of like the whole thing surrounding it and he was in film school. It took him six years and blah, blah, blah. But the only reason they'll mention Eraserhead is to build up to Blue Velvet. But yeah, they like might mention Eraserhead first. Ushered in a whole new era in cinema. Like it's considered, you know, that type of a work. Yes. Um, so without a doubt, Blue Velvet. And so I'll say also that the film WR is a similar way. Like it is for no matter what we might think of it in a sense of like kind of maybe we're not sure if we're laughing with it or laughing at it or what's happening. Um, That's funny you should say that because I was film- going to say I put it into the same sort of genre as a like its significance is similar to the room significance to me. Yeah, but that's incorrect. I don't know, man. In my, in my, well, I'll tell you We're what. too close to Whether, the room no for you to understand that. It, it's in, it's, I know it's incorrect because it is a, a, the reason, the only reason we've seen this film is because I read about it in film school textbooks. And I was like, I need to see this film. But you're not in film school now. No. And, and in 10 years, do you think the room might be in a film school textbook? I would say almost definitely yes. It, if it is in there, it will not be in there. In the same way as WR would be mentioned, like here's our, here are important films to see. It might be mentioned as like some footnote of like cult film, you know, how, you know, it was in the early 21st century, you know, even bad films could get this following on the internet, but you know, it has, it has a place without a doubt with the notoriety it's received, but this film, you know, but WR was not mentioned because like, oh, this attained, it, you know, again, this film is virtually unknown outside of the uh, film intelligentsia, but it was uh, mentioned more in the regard of, um, you know, it was an important part of a movement in underground documentary film in the 1960s. Follow that tendril then out to its, uh, you know, the ends of its tendrils, its, its branches. 
you're looking at a tree and that they go out mm-hmm. and they spread mm-hmm. their influence wide. Mm-hmm. Name some films influenced by W.R. The Mysteries of the Organism. Well, I'm not that much of a scholar or a gentleman. What year? What year was it? Are. I want to say 1968, but I could be wrong. I was going to say Easy Rider, but I don't think so. They were all like tapping into the same zeitgeist, right? Yeah, no. Films that would be similar there, I think, might be... I mean, again, mainstream films, I don't know. 1971, it says here. See, I don't know. So, 71, right? I would think of modern films that might be results of this. Hear me out, though. Mm -hmm. 71. All right. When... Okay. We were in film school. Now, I, I didn't... I don't think I ever saw this in a textbook or... I guess, full disclosure, we both went to film school or had some film school classes. So right. there. I think that's obvious at this point. But when did you learn of W.R. The Mysteries of the Organism? What year was it? I'm going to roughly here, I'm going to say 1990. It was six or seven, seven, right? Six or seven, yeah. 97. So 26 years after W.R. was released, right? Yes. When was the room released? 2003? Was it three or four? Doesn't matter. Close so, enough, yeah. we will get back together in the year 2030, and then we can decide if The Room is a culturally important film, as, as important or more important than W.R. Until then, we can't know, Brad. We can't know that. And I, I haven't even seen the movie, and I don't want to, but it's a little dismissive of you just to write it off like that. What, 10 years after its release? You don't know. You do not know. Well, that would be like, I mean, would you say the same thing of Transformers 4? Are you comparing The Room to Transformers 4? I'm saying they're both films that might have... I mean, I would say The Room has much more chance of being mentioned in a film textbook in years to come. Of course. Simply because of its bizarre pedigree and bizarre story behind, like, the behind the scenes. You can't possibly predict what's going to happen in the future. I would say a safe bet, though, is saying Transformers 4 will be like a tumble and tumbleweed wandering around the desert. And The Room has a decent chance of being mentioned. Maybe not studied, but mentioned in right. some film book in 2030. Well, and as a cult classic, it might just continue on, right? Like, so right. at the same time, I was roughly the same time I was watching WR, I was still watching, um, you know, films by Ed Wood were still, and, you know, they probably still are today somewhat, you know, in vogue to be like, oh, check this out, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Sure. Right? I mean, shitty. What years were those going on? Like, 55 to 60s, mid-60s? Um, Edward was active into the 60s. I want to say Plan 9. Plan 9 was 1959. So think about this for a second. I hate playing this game, but that was 12 years before WR was released. Yes. Well, 12 years ago was 2002. Four years after The Big Lebowski was released. That's painful, man. And you go from Ed Wood to, like, The Godfather is fucking released man in 72 yeah it is weird to think about some of that stuff working together like what's weird to me is to think about uh like the day the earth stood still what's that 55 or something 
And like right. 13 years later, you're watching 2001 A Space Odyssey? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. 13 years ago was 2001. Like, I don't feel like movies were that different in 2001, but they probably were terribly different. I don't know. Yeah. 2001 is 1968. Crazy, man. The same time that Star Trek was on television, the original (laughs) Star Trek. The man took his craft very seriously. What can I say? (laughs) When was the last time you watched that one? Oh, it's been a while. It'll get you. It'll get you right in there, it's, man. It's something. It is. Did we revisit? The whole Dawn of Man beginning part is like, I'll just watch that part again and again. That's why you like Tree of Life, isn't it? I haven't seen it. Let's not talk about shh. All right. Don't say anything. You already told me there were dinosaurs. Why'd you do that? Sorry. I mean, it was in, mentioned a lot in the reviews and stuff. I don't so read sorry. those. Yeah. Now I know there's dinosaurs. Whatever. If you have something else, I'm willing to listen to it. Otherwise, let's... Well, uh, if, if there's... So I'll just mention... So if we're talking about <laughs> the Dawn of Man and the dinosaurs and Tree of Life, <laughs> I haven't seen this film. Did you see Noah by uh, you know Darren Aronofsky? Weird? No, I wanted to... I kind of... I kind of want to... I'll see it just because it's Darren Aronofsky. That's why I keep up with what he's doing. It. Right. It seemed... I think even though the movies got pretty mixed, somewhere between mixed reviews to and like outright pan, bad, yeah. I think I might still enjoy it. I will say there's a clip of it online that is really cool. And granted, I could see how this could be the one like cool ninety seconds in the whole movie, but I don't know. I think it's gonna be all right. It's like the book of Genesis, kind of like dramatized in like ninety seconds. It's really cool. Here's an interesting, um sort of what would you call it it's kind of like a personal workshop i did with myself i think it was two days ago or maybe yes i think i did it yesterday actually so the workshop consisted of me going through lars von trier's catalog of movies on imdb okay and looking at which ones got high ratings and which ones got low ratings by ratings in what way? On IMDb. Like on IMDb. The, the IMDb star ratings, ratings they have there. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. here's the stars that they got, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had a fairly decent, like, 7.2 to 7.8 rating for all of his movies. Like, they all fell in there. Anything above a 7, it's like, wow, that's pretty good. Like, I, I do, I don't know why I'm so hung up on this. I don't know if I'm hung up on it, but I pay attention to it. Like, I'll find a movie I like. And I'm pretty good at saying, ooh, I really like that movie, or I didn't like it. doesn't matter. It's like, whatever I thought of it, and then I go to IMDb, but before I look at it, I'm like, how many stars did IMDb give this? And I'm usually within, like, 0.3. Very good at that. Antichrist got, like, 6.1 or something. I thought for sure everybody would be like, oh, this is so awesome, and give it, like, a 7.6. I was way off on that. Ah, interesting. I did not expect you to go there. Why? I just thought you were going to say you expected it. I don't know why. I didn't. I, I understand where that you're going. That it would be I, shitty? Yeah. Oh, no. I figured it would be like... People would eat that shit up, this art house shit Well, 6.6. 6. They give it a 6.6. 6. Yeah, I thought it would be like 7.5, even maybe like teasing an 8. But no, they didn't like it. 
I give it the movie high marks myself. Well, but I'm just like. But that. that's the thing. I do too. I just never want to see it or think about it again. One day I will watch it again. I won't. I will never watch that. But this is my point. I was trying to. I was going through there and trying to think if there was any other because I appreciate the. I was emotionally affected by the movie. Isn't that one way to measure success? Maybe. I mean, it depends, right? I mean, I think some people might say you're emotionally affected by it, but it's like, it's such a cheap shot. Like, it's just so yeah, manipulative maybe. in a crass way, right? That would right. be the counter argument to that. Like, right. here's a video of, you know, think of the most horrible thing. Like, I can think of things so horrible, I'm not going to say them, right, right in the right. podcast right now. But just here's the stuff we're going to watch, you know, torture, horrible, you what know, innocent uh, people just getting blown up like okay watch this there's not even a plot you could start to like a be emotionally affected right be made sick what first was it? you're sad Modus nocturne what was that one our friend i never watched it i'm not sure which movie you're talking our about. our friend our good friend he lives near you it's like i don't know but it's you know a movie about like i don't even want to talk about it sure you're right it's terrible there are very worse things even though this is pretty bad there are worse things, way worse things that can happen. Yeah. And um, I think the film, well, maybe you could say, why did it need to go there in so many ways at the same time? I don't know. I think there was actually, it wasn't, I don't think it was simply a shock film. I don't think it was there in some sort of crass or unrefined way. I do think it was, I don't know. It, it was it, what? It, it, it was penetrated what? my, it penetrated me spiritually and intellectually see i'm not disagreeing with any of that yeah you know i, I mm-hmm. won't i can't disagree with any of that but at the same time do i need to don't i kind of already know that these things exist that these emotions exist that these relationships exist that the uh, reality the cold reality of the universe you know you keep going back to that like unvarnished but truth it's shit but it's not that's not the only thing that the world is about, Brad, the world is not just horror and pain. There are good no, things in the world, man. There's nothing good. There's no good feelings in this movie. So that that's where I draw the line. It's that's like, true. I agree true. that, yes, there's terror and horror and pain and suffering and all of this in the world. But to have nothing redeeming. Well, you know, if I choose to, I can look around Every day and see that if I choose to when I watch a movie and this kind of like mirrors the just the visual aesthetics thing where shooting on film gave it a little softness, a little magical quality where it had that escapability. You could escape into it thing. Do I need to only experience horror and pain and suffering when I watch a movie? That's not what I want. If if I want that. Maybe I'll read a New York Times article, but not for a movie. I can have a little bit, but I do need to be like, it's like a pressure cooker. I need the steam, like, it's got to release every once in a while. And it didn't have that for me. And that's where I really Mm -hmm. had a problem with it. You know, only pain and suffering. I mean, am I, do you not understand this? No, I got it. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah, no, you're right. Because I really like the intellectual stuff. And like all of the themes he was exploring in it. And that's why, getting back to why I was even doing this, I was like looking through his catalog, trying to find a movie. And 
So Antichrist was 6.6, and I'm like, okay, maybe people who are fans of Lars von Trier, they don't even like this movie. So if I can find one that, you know, 20,000 people give a review of, or 70,000 people, whatever, that give like a high sevens, maybe it won't be so fucking demoralizing. So I was looking through his catalog to try to find something to watch. Melancholia? I don't know, but it's like I'm spooked now. I don't even want to watch anymore. Even though I like him as a filmmaker, and I think maybe there's potential, I don't even want to watch anything else that he... I'm too spooked. Yeah, you don't want to watch Melancholia Okay, either. I'm not watching that. <laughs> Thank you. See? I mean, it's Once not, in a while. It's, it's nowhere near as brutal. You do me a um, solid. It's even Thank more, you. Somehow it's even more depressing, though. Yeah, I'm not watching it then. Like, he was actually depressed when he made Melancholia. I, whereas he was, like, feeling pretty good when he did. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> Antichrist. God. I can't. So why can't he do something? That I, I mean, can... the title of the movie is Melancholia. Right, but it's got a sci-fi element I thought might be interesting. Yeah, that's true. Like, a very like a blinking, depressing sci-fi element. A yes. blinking light that might distract me from all of the other Garmin Bozia. I don't know, man. Look on the bright side. PTA's got another movie coming out very soon. Yeah. You're not excited. I did not see the trailer. I know it's been out there. Everyone's been talking about it. You sent it to me. I just hadn't gotten to it. I should have prepared. Yeah, but we've been hearing about this movie for a long time now. I haven't been following that too much, oh, really? I guess. I mean, don't you... I don't know too much about it. Don't you go on IMDb and look up your favorite directors once in a while and see if they've got anything in the pipeline? Um, Occasionally. But yeah, I haven't, I don't know too much about this one. Well, I don't really either. I know the name of it. I know the name, and I know it has the guy from his last movie, Joaquin. And it's based on a book. That's about what I know. Yeah, so. so. Yeah. Never read anything by the author, but Inherent Vice. I mean, I'm pretty excited. Good title. I mean, he can't take credit for that, but yeah. Why did you, I keep trying to divert us to, play the minute and you let's keep do it steer, but why did you keep steering me off i feel like then i hijacked it by another antichrist rant yeah well we can get we can do that we don't need to uh because we totally don't need to talk about the doug hertzville simpsons couch gag either who the uh simpsons couch gag where he goes into like the 101st century no you said doug hertz yeah doug hertzfeld was the animator of that, the uh, Academy what? Award, either winning or nominated animator that they, that was why, like the guest why animator did they let for him that. Do that. They were just like, hey, you're a highly regarded um, avant-garde animator, do something. Like they did, uh, remember they did the Banksy intro also? Oh, yes. They let Banksy do one, so I guess they let this guy do one, and he did that. Well, they probably show. learned their lesson. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty freaking awesome. It's certainly getting a lot of, uh, you know, this was recent? social media att- attention and everything. So this was very recent. It was just on Sunday. It, it was their 26th season premiere. Maybe how, 25th season. How could that kind of thing air on television? <laughs> I don't know, but it did. That must because once you're on the air for 26 seasons, <laughs> you you're like, we're you freaking want. invincible. Or it's like, you know, just please cancel us here. We're gonna submit this. <laughs> you're like, it doesn't matter. You're Bill Murray at the end of Kingpin. I'm above the law. 
I have. Yeah, I mean, you've worked that hard to earn that, you know, take advantage of it. Absolutely. I finally know what people felt like when, like, the last episode of Twin Peaks aired on network television. Like, how the hell did that get away with being on television? I finally know what they felt like in some very small way, you know? Cooper's (laughs) running around with the floors and the curtains and. Right. Well, I mean, you know, again, okay, okay, David Lynch's legacy, actually, if we're going to go back to that. Well, Twin that's a TV legacy, though, also. okay. It's a TV legacy, but again, he changed the game for television big time. He changed the game for movies, to some degree, yeah. and changed the game for television big time. I feel like television, I mean, you still see Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks is everywhere. In, he changed in, the game for television way more than he did for movies. Yes. Because movies, I think, already were on some level. You know, there's already lots of different artists working in that. I mean, television, he brought this avant-garde sensibility to it that it never had. And that now television has since been attempting to, you know, to, to reconnect with and ignite with. It's, it's always cyclical, but... Um, there's a weird thing with that because, like, films, you're opting in. You know, I'm choosing to go to this movie... But television, especially when Twin Peaks came out in, what, 90, 1990? Yes. You almost weren't, you didn't have any opt-in. They, they knew that a certain number of families were going to be sitting in front of that network with their faces pointed at the screen. Right. It, it's like... You're no not matter... opting in. They're just going to be there and you're just going to push content right into their face. Right. And they said, yes, this is okay. This is the content we're going to push right into your yeah. face. It was before there were hundreds of cable channels. Right. Netflix, there was like tens Hulu. of cable channels before there was any internet television. Yeah. And it was like it just putting something on network television. It was like, okay, this is going to have millions upon millions of viewers. It would be like, like no putting it, it on the cover of Life magazine or something. Yeah, exactly. Even if you don't buy the magazine, you're going to see it. It's going to be on the newsstand. It's going to be in the checkout aisle, the grocery store. It's going to be around. You're going to see it. It's crazy. So bigger influence TV than film, right? Yeah, I I, I think you still see that in a lot of shows. I mean, the big one I think about, again, granted, it's not, you know, through the years, it's been refracted in this weird way, but... um. You know, you think of shows like American Horror Story, a very popular show currently. I can't do it. I tried three or four episodes. You know, I've never, I haven't watched it, but I've seen it. Just seeing like the commercials or the artwork, especially that season one with like the guy in latex, like bent backwards in the red room. It's just like, okay, that's right out of Twin Peaks. I don't like Peaks, it. Right? I can't do it. And in a maybe other, you know, Lost, right? The phenomenon of Lost. Right, right. Well, that, I think that that definitely owed quite a bit to Twin Peaks also. Quite a bit. Yeah. Starts out like small town. This starts out people on an island and then supernatural right. takes over. And you, and you get into all kinds of weird twists and turns and surreal elements. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Probably scores of them that we can't even remember. I probably didn't even, I don't know. I'm not very good at pop culture. I wish I was A lot better. of people cite X-Files as a result of Twin Peaks, which I can kind of see. Yeah. I don't think as much as most of these other shows we mentioned, but yeah. And it has know, some I elements, like the eccentric FBI agent. Well, and know, David Duchovny is in Twin Peaks. 
Yeah, that's true. There is that. Yeah, no, I see that. I see that. Yeah, eccentric FBI agent, supernatural elements. Everyone. You know, they got a little wacky. Think about the share episode, Brad. They got no, a little exactly wacky. What I was going to say, especially maybe not in the first season, but they definitely got into a lot of weird shit as they went on. It was just like, what the F? Yeah, the share episode. Black and white. The share song. Yeah, very weird. Cannot. Still can't wrap my mind around that one. Not sure what was going on. They were asking for a spanking, I guess. Please, please bring us back. We're right on the edge. We're teetering over. Can somebody grab us and bring us back? But they All didn't right, care. Let's, they let's liked the living minute. there. Let's do it. Let's, let's play this it. minute. We're only 40 minutes into it, so let's do it. <laughs> All right. Could you slide your shorts down, Mr. Lebowski, please? Hmm? No, no, man. She hit me right here. I understand. Could you slide your shorts down, please? kind of like you come back without getting the payoff there a little bit yeah it's a very it's it's a cliffhanger ending kind of in a way this minute like forcing you to stop there i know it's a bummer i did watch this a bunch of times and i never i kept watching every time i don't think i ever actually stopped at the minute yes well before we even get into like so there's, there's this doctor scene which is surprising because going into this minute after that, I was like, okay, well, we'll probably have all this whole minute to talk about this doctor. Right. But he's barely in it. So he's then this whole doctor scene takes like what, like 20 seconds? I don't even 30 think seconds that tops. much. Because he was in like, a little bit of last minute and a little bit of this minute. That's it. Yeah, maybe 20 seconds. It's weird to have. It's such a like disjoint. It's, it's weird. I mean, again, watching the movie, it all flows. But then now like just starting to break it down. It's like. Such a weird interlude, like 20 seconds, just 20 seconds of him in this doctor's office. Just there's, I don't know. It's bizarre. I guess I'm, I'm timing it out. I guess it's, eh, the music comes in, it's, it's 27 seconds, so it's less than half a minute. Do you know now, let's just get right to it. What song is playing in his headphones? Do you know? So that is um, her, it's, okay, I was a little confused. But it's her mood swings. Again, her mood. that was the song in the bowling alley before the stranger showed up when it was the dude, Walter and Donnie talking. Really? The it was a song we talked about that was like specifically made for this movie. This is Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello. It's the same song it's again. It's the same song. Well, maybe they, you know, ran out of budget there. And they had to reuse a song. Yeah. Or it's like, hey, you know, he wrote this song specifically for this movie. We need to put it in, like... Yeah, or maybe it was originally in his headphones, and they're like, you know, Elvis Costello's people, like, we wrote this song for the movie. It's like, it's only in his headphones in this 27-second-long scene. 
And it's like, all right, well, we'll put it in the bowling alley to make you fuckers happy. Or to maybe do a con- contractual obligation. <laughs> maybe the dude has a penchant for recording random scenes in bowling alleys. So maybe he had his Walkman there on record during his could, altercation, could his, you know, little scene with the stranger and was recording that, you know, a couple of minutes ago. It could ago. just be, it's kind of like his version. Remember how you used, did you used to like tape songs off the radio? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. This how is else maybe, are you supposed to hear songs? <laughs> exactly. This is his version of that. He just tapes them off the PA system in the bowling alley. That's what I'm saying, you know? He's like, he had oh, it in his pocket. One. Let He's me hit record. record. Yeah, let me record. Because that song was probably two minutes old by the time we come into that minute. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. got a good bit of, and you know, sometimes like they talk over the end of a song, but you didn't care. You'd record it anyway, and then you could listen to most of it. Yeah. You'd well, have 89% little, of it. No, that talking over, it just becomes part of the experience. <laughs> part of the experience. It's, it, it starts to sound weird when that's not in it. Wait, where's uh, yeah? You know, where's WZZO coming in and saying, "Up next, we got a." It just kind of fades out slowly with no DJ talking over. That's so fucking weird, man. Why wouldn't they do that? It's all arty, (laughs) avant-garde shit. That's my story. I'm sticking to it right there. He just goes in there and maybe he tapes over shit. You know, if it doesn't get anything real good, but I think he liked this one. So he's got it there in the office. Can I ask you a question here? I don't know mm-hmm. a lot about mm-hmm. doctors. As you know, I'm not a gynecologist. Why is the dude so pumped up when we cut to him in the car? Okay, I, th- I, I si- think I, I, I was going to get to that too. I, it's it's a bizarre cut. I only have one answer. I don't think it's right, and I don't have. I don't know. Well, I know. I asked you the question. I'm going to shut up. Yes. So I'm going to avoid any type of like, I want to try to at least do my best to avoid any type of like homoerotic undertones. Oh, okay. Which we veer into those, right? Oh, I see what you're saying now. But I'm not going to go there. You already did. I think you just did. So I don't know. I'm reminded like did the, but it is weird. And I think even when I'm not trying to watch the movie so closely doing this podcast, I have thought... Other time, like, why is he happy? Like, I think it's one of these things when this happens in a movie, you think, oh, why is he happy? Well, we're going to find out in a second. Like, you're going to pan over. You're going to see a paper from the doctor that says, you know, your health is so good. We give you a million dollars or something. You don't know what it is, but there's something there. And then it never happens. And then you forget you were wondering about it because he crashes his car. You start thinking about other stuff. But I get stuck in that mental loop i think every time i've watched this movie every time why is he oh why is he so happy well we're gonna okay let's just stick we're gonna find out why they're he's, building up like a santo to a gag or to the an explanation roof of his car bam bam yeah, bam along really with the beat of freaking happy he just went from being so afraid of getting his johnson cut off and everything else to let's face it celebrating his johnson now but yeah. I never went that far. See, I fi- okay, I'm just going to tell you, I figured the reason he's so happy, number one, he hasn't had a physical in a long time. He hasn't been to a doctor in a long time because he's you know, destitute. So it's like, hey, I got a checkup. Everything checked out okay. And can you slide your shorts down? And he wanted to like cup his balls and turn your head and <coughs> cough, do that thing, which I haven't. I'm going to have to do that soon. Oh, that sucks. 
I don't like thinking about that. It makes me very, very uncomfortable. But then I figured, like, he had to go into a side room and give a specimen. Well, that's true. Okay, I see what into you're saying. Into a cup. And he's like, yes. hey, I just gave a specimen. I ran a nuisance batch. My health is clean. Like, he's got a couple of things working for him now. Things are looking yeah. up. He's pounding the roof. But I see what... Can you slide your shorts? The doctor... Well, yes, he would slide his shorts down because he'd have to cup his balls. But you're saying, like, maybe there was a little bit more. Let's see if you can perform and how it is, because Maud is, like, very particular about what kind of Rod or Johnson she prefers. Is that what you're saying? So he, like, he's very thorough. The doctor jerked him off, is what you're implying. Doctor I'm jerked him off. I'm not implying that. I will, no, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's what you're saying. I'm not going that far. But that's what you're saying. Can no, you slide your shorts? Far. Come no, no. on. What are you saying Just then? That he may cupped him or something and that made him happy alone. That's all I was going for. He's pounding the roof of the car. It became like a plot of uh, one of these beaver pictures. But maybe Maud wanted to see a beaverless you know, beaver if he'd picture. Get hard real quick, you know, uh, how long it took him, you know, it, what the girth was. Maybe she was really wanting to. Have a particular kind of experience. Wouldn't she be a particular kind of woman? She wants what she wants. That's yeah, why that's saying the dude would be excited about this. Not necessarily, but he's grabbing it and whatever, like, ugh, like, whatever. He, he could just be excited he's out of there. He, I mean, it could just he'd be. He'd be grossed out if he. So I think there's a he's couple excited. things. He's, but wait, wait. Let me all finish right, right. before you do it. Later on, and I'm cheating, I'm going ahead, but when uh, he and Maud are having their intimate moment, the dude has a little thing where he's like, oh, that's why that, oh, oh. (laughs) He wouldn't be all like, oh, that's why he cut my balls. Like, that's something doctors do. They cup your balls and you turn your head and cough. That wouldn't be a cause for like, I was, that was so weird, except, what, because it was punched in the face, and that's cupping his balls. I don't know. That's just a physical, right? He could just explain that away by Maud wanting to be thorough. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, I will say, I definitely sometimes get nervous going to the doctor. I, I, me too. That's why I don't go. And then when you're done and you get out of there, you're happy. You feel good? I'm reminded of the uh, episode of the third season of the original Star Trek, The Way to Eden. <laughs> the episode with the space hippies. Are you throwing the space hippie stepping stones across the pond that leads to the other side where we do the Star Trek deep cast? Could be. Could be. Could I could be starting that. Because I just got sad and dead inside. Because I'll do it, but, you know, makes I me so say sad. Is, the space hippie. He had the Dr. McCoy. Dr. McCoy has to check out all the hippies, right? Yeah. The one hippie at the end, he leaves. He's very excited. He's like hitting his little space guitar, his space twanger. (laughs) Now, when you say twanger, you mean a musical instrument? Yeah, some sort of musical instrument. He's like plays beautiful music. Kind of. I mean, they're supposed to be space hippies. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? It's I don't know. I can't even go there. Space hippies. No, I think you're already there. You might as well finish. I'm going to crack my knuckles and jump for joy. I got a clean bill of health from Dr. McCoy. You know, it's good of him to come up with a rhyme that quickly. He must be a professional musician. Well, he he has a very limber mind. 
was part of the undertone here. But again, now, what was the name of that episode? It's called the Way Space to Eden. Papers. I already mentioned that. Oh, Way to Eden. Okay, I'm sorry. And what was the number? Season three, S three. Season three. I'm not sure which episode, but it's toward S3, the end. E it's toward the back. Seventeen. It's close to the back. It's one of the last episodes. They used to have a lot more episodes per season back then, right? They had um like thirty or something, twenty five. Not quite that many, oh. but they did have like twenty six. Because now they do like two. Here's your season. They're both four hours long, and you get two episodes. It's like done. two episodes, Fuck and then you. it's like, all right. But then, like, now wait two months. Watching. Then they'll be like, they'll be off for three months, and they'll be like, on the you know mid season premiere, right? Mid season, season three B, exactly. And they'll do that like six times, and you actually end up watching a show for two years, and it's still on season one it's like wait i'm confused like yeah that's all confusing it gets really confusing now with cable and how they do all this stuff sherlock is the worst it's it's three episodes per season oh that's that whole bbc model yeah i hate that i can handle the true detective shit fine eight episodes you're gonna really be a dick to me fine but three episodes and they're like an hour and 35 minutes each that's rough yeah no it's rough I watched it though. I actually like the show a lot. I um keep meaning to watch more. I've I know I like it. I've seen I've watched the first episode. It's the only episode I watched beginning to end and then I'm just loosely familiar with what's going on and I know I'd yeah, like it. I mean I know I'd like it. I yeah. know I just have to it's like so many things. I have so my list of shit cool shit cuz we live in this golden age. There's so much good stuff, I think. Besides climate change, there's a lot of good shit, yes. Well, I'm just talking about the shit on television, right? Oh, Which yeah, Which we just shit. watch to numb ourselves because outside <laughs> it's no good, yes. Because the horror and the pain and the suffering... Exactly. ...is everywhere. But there's... Knocking at the door. We live, step. yeah. We live in the golden age of television, without a freaking doubt. It's unbelievable. Not even television, just media in general. Yeah. There's a lot of shit, though, Brad. Well, I mean, I'll get some shit for saying this, maybe, but, you know... The We've, more shit, I think the, the percentage of the good stuff remains the same, but the more shit you got, the percentage means there's a thousand times more good shit as opposed to the bad shit, because the percentage maybe, is the same. Maybe, I don't know if that's necessarily, I, I think there's a little more nuance to it than that, but what I was going to say is, I mean, television has surpassed film in the sense of... That's, yeah, that's dicey. Of what I know it's what you mean. That's capable dicey. of. Because it's, it's capable of just do, do it's just capable, I think, ultimately of so much more. I should put this link here. Have you seen The Nick? I haven't seen that either. Now, people I trust say that this is like now keep keep in mind we just came off True Detective. Right. That the things that Soderbergh is doing with television are bordering on like virtuosity. Virtuosity? Could be. I mean, I would how not about put being it past a virtuoso. Him. That's how I'll say that, since I don't know how yeah. to pronounce virtuosity. Virtuosity. An incredible, like, the most incredible run of a director on television. People I trust. I may yeah. not trust them after I watch the show. So, that's my way of saying I agree that you're probably right. This is the golden age of television. It's like you can make movies like True Detective. True Detective wasn't a. I mean, it was okay. There's television. I don't know. There's different layers of the media. And then right? there's like, HBO. Well, True Detective is more like a movie than it is a TV show, really. 
it's an eight hour long movie though. This is your eight claim. hours plus. This is your claim. You can't like it's not something you could really and with something that was this particular, right? It just <laughs> something that eye. was not that was just not viable in our culture previously. Well, what and about? And then you have things that are much more, let's say, like television in in their form. Let's say, oh, I don't know, like The Wire, for example. But you're prescribing a, a set of norms to television that don't actually exist. They exist because you want them to exist, but that doesn't necessarily make it fucking so. House of Cards. Look at the Netflix model of television. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. That predates True no. Detective. Like, yeah. This, no, this shit's one. been going this direction for a little while now, a couple yeah. of years. Well, True Detective, I think, is kind of the culmination. And the reason I will say that True Detective is more like an eight-hour movie is because it was more or less shot in that way, filmed in that way, with the exact same creative team throughout the entire run. I'll give you Whereas that. If you look at, I'll give you that. House of Cards had different directors, different writers here and there. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, here's the perfect marriage, is if the distribution model of House of Cards could meld with the same director, same writer model of True Detective and fuse them together because mm-hmm. that's what I loved about House of Cards is that's actually an eight hour movie because bam, here it all is. Yes. You can spend the next eight hours of your life right now watching this right. eight hour. It's like and watching it's really MTV. It's like watching an the, Andy Warhol yeah. film that's actually good. Right. You know? An Andy Warhol film that's not just the Empire Strike State Building. Right. For eight I hours. I almost said straight. the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite of Warhol's film. He and Lawrence Kasdan really did a bang up job on that one. It's the best. It's the best of them. You know, once Lucas decided to give up the reins. Right. Like I couldn't get Lynch. So we got Warhol. We got Warhol, man. He knows how to shoot a building. Death Star, Empire Strikes Back building. Pretty much the same shit. They just left a lot of the footage of Felicia on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Beware, parents. This room has sensitive content. <laughs> yes. Um, Jules, if you would Here's like the, to come uh, into this room, you will see penises. One. Make your own decision. I'll stay out here. <laughs> That's what she said. So this we also there the big Lebowski. Oh, okay. Anything more to say about that? Uh, Probably not. The doctor's room. I don't know if you've seen these. I couldn't even find a link for it if you put a gun to my head right now. But it's like a very like wide image. And it has just colors, bands of colors smeared across it from left to right. And it's movies in one frame. But they take little slices maybe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, what is it? Maybe they take a minute or 30 seconds. But they then take all of the frames and they just smush them horizontally into one tiny little sliver. And then they put all of those slivers in one image, and you can get the color palette for a film. Right, yeah, no, I've seen those. Fucking yes. fascinating, right? And some of them are just like, we're monochromatic. So we have oranges and reds through the whole, every slice is just all oranges and reds. Lebowski, I feel like, is warm. Like, it's kind of a warm movie, and I might be wrong, but that's just, that's my perception of it. But this doctor's office is very cool. They yes, kind of go yes. out of their way to have like fluorescent lights, a little bit of blueness, 
This is a cool mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. So yeah. that would the be walls one have sliver. that blue, steely gray. Yeah. The yeah. doctor's hair gray with the fluorescent light on it even. The dude's washed out. He's got his white t he doesn't have his sweater on. He's just his white t shirt, so that's blown out and very white. So I don't know. That was one thing I noticed that this scene was cooler than a lot of them. Yeah, no, you're totally on color temperature on wise. With that. Yes. And why? They wanted to set it apart. This gets back to your thing where the doctor's jerking him off, maybe. I didn't say it. Just reiterating what you said. Uh, I'm not sure how it gets back to that, per se. <laughs> it sets it apart. But it, uh, yeah. Or maybe, again, it's just part of this, like, contrast. Like, because we're going from Maud's place, which is, well, let's me look at Maud. Sexually at charged with there. a woman to sexually charged with a man. And it is, it is very warm. Lots of red on the walls. You don't want to entertain this at all, do you? You're just robe. plowing through it. <laughs> I'm saying... It goes from sexually charged with a woman to sexually charged with a man. You're right. It changes. There's a change here. That's what you're saying, right? I'm just saying that they want to go from warm to cool to warm to kind of like divide it up. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) So this is like a transition, maybe. Something like that. You need to provide some contrast, I think. I agree. To To keep you engaged. To keep your mind engaged, even if you don't realize why. I read a bit of an article, I don't know if I read the whole thing, but about a documentary filmmaker, I wish I could remember his name. He didn't know how to make movies. He took a course in Final Cut over a weekend. He didn't know how to shoot video. He bought a camera, read the manual, and then just tried it and made a movie. I hate people like this. Won awards everywhere, blah, blah, blah. But he has a piece of paper taped to his monitor when he edits, and... I'm going to butcher this, but it has two bullet points. Number one, number two. Number one is, um, can't remember it, but it's something about a, there's a mystery, like kind of like what's happening. And then number two is what's going to happen next or something like that, which I thought Mm -hmm. was fascinating. And here we are with the dude, he's pounding the, and it's like, wait, 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 what's going on? We have a little bit of a mystery here. And we just had a nice mystery with Knox and Maud laughing their asses off. Right. Are they laughing at him? Are they laughing at... What? What? You're... This movie, and I think this contributes to its watchability, is that this movie, the mystery quotient... Quotient? It's high. No, definitely true. Maybe one per minute? There's like an, another mystery, another little nugget to try to uncover and think about every minute. And a lot of times with movies, you might have three in the entire thing. And this, they just keep introducing them. And I think that was their whole point. Right. It's just mysteries on top of mysteries with no end. Right. With no solutions. Just which here's, is here's why, a bunch of mysteries. Which I think we got into this last week, but it's why the film can be rewatched, rewatched so right. many times and still enjoyed. Each time you watch it, just like how I mentioned how I got in that loop of... Oh, why is he so happy? Right. Then you yeah. never find out. And then I, every time I watch it, I my mind does that exercise. And it is like some weird cognitive trick. Because it's not like every time I watch it. Like, so if let's say we didn't know why, like, and like I said, it pans over. I, my mind mm-hmm. would be, oh, oh, this is where he is happy because the doctor gave him money or something. Right. 
But instead, my mind is just just like seeing it for the first time. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Why what's going to he- happen next? I don't remember. What's go- and then they never get to it. Why is he pounding the roof? But you never realize that it's unresolved. You know, I mean, the closest thing I could get to why he's excited here is partly, you know, maybe, you know, we've talked before about how he's really a high strung type of dude. He's not this just let it all go kind of like easy guy that people tend to make him out to like the fans and just kind of like, oh, I want to label my life after him. He's not that at all. He's very worried and concerned. Anxious, man. And anxious to this whole movie. But maybe this scene kind of plays more into that notion that he's just like hey it doesn't matter i don't know where the million bucks is i might lose my johnson but right now i'm getting high and listening to credence the car is filled with smoke yeah the other option is he this is his first scene see him driving the car since he got it back he was in the bathtub he got the call saying come out to the auto circus he was like all right it's awesome they come and threaten him we're gonna cut off your johnson then he's at the place, gets his car. Then we see him at the bowling alley. Then we see him at Maude's place. Right. This is maybe like cinematically we had to show him doing because he got the credence back. So the credence has make the credence has been talked about. See, I would say it's more about the credence than the car, honestly. Right. Because well, yeah, he's obviously sure. driven his car around, but maybe he was like, "Oh shit, my credence! They didn't take the credence. Maybe this is the first time he put the credence in. Right. And he's got it pumping. All right. Okay. And well, it's I'm just into that. a. Uh, and maybe partly it's just this gag because we've heard them mention the credence multiple times. Right, so you now gotta, gotta have to a credence. Hear the credence. You gotta have a credence payoff. It's no. almost just funny that there's a payoff, right? So let's have him being happy because he was there all concerned and credence was. I don't know. That might actually be more funny now that I say it out loud. I like if he was there like all sullen, like oh, I don't have the money. They're gonna cut off my Johnson. They're gonna pill kill that poor girl. I just got manhandled by a doctor. It was very invasive and it made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. No, none of that. He's got his credence in his car and he's pounding the roof. I or love me be, some credence. Or is it simply because they're not gonna kill that poor girl? He comes to Maud because Maud is with, like, oh, she most certainly did not. That yeah. kind of thing. And he's like, oh, okay. Like he's swung back and forth so many times on this. Yeah. And now he's like, oh, yeah, I thought they were going to kill her. Her life was in my hands. But Maude just absolved me of that. Granted, there's this weird, awkward 20 seconds of showing him and the doctor in between those two things. But the way the music, like, overlaps. I know. It comes chunking in. He's like, remove your shorts. Oh, no, he couldn't run here. I know. Could you turn your shirts down? And, like, the music, like, it's coming in, like. Oh boy, like it's like connected to that, right? So it, it goes back earlier to what I was saying think. that there's some connection. Well, there is. It's the hand job. You know, I'm agreeing with you what you said. But um let me I got two things. I got two things. Number one, I can see the big ass camera mount reflected in the dude's sunglasses that's on the hood of the car like a huge Panavision camera or whatever it is, film mount. You can see it. It takes multiple watchings, but if you were so inclined, you could look at 65-23 or an hour and 5 and 23, and you can see the dude looking around, and you know that he's driving. Things in the distance are passing by. There shouldn't be some giant hulking shadow in his glasses that is just there kind of like, affixed to the hood, not moving. If it's a building in the background or something, it would move past. 
It doesn't. It's just there. That's like a fucking film crew on the hood of the car. Number one. Number two, the reason they can do that is because if you watch out the windows of this vehicle when they're driving, we've probably talked about this 17 times. I don't give a shit. They're going like, hmm, 10 miles per hour. If you look at how fast static objects are passing, mm-hmm. maybe maybe 10 to 15 miles per hour, no more than 15 miles per hour. You have to drive so slow when you're doing an interior car scene. Because if he was doing the speed limit on this four-lane road, which is, what, 40, 35, or 40, probably, it would look like he was going the speed of light. Things would be right. zipping past. It would be like your your bicycle attached to a rod. <laughs> dropping to jump over everything and go under stuff. That's why that was so thrilling, because it's so fast. You know, it's incomprehensibly fast. It's terrifying and thrilling and exhilarating. They can't do that here, number one, because it's almost disorienting seeing the scenery whip by out the windows because the camera exaggerates movement. And number two, they have an entire film crew on the hood of the car shooting him. So you got to go slow, but... Is it even the hood of a car? It's like, not. They're towing they like, the car with a like a film pickup truck. Right. What, he's on some sort of like... Trailers like on a platform yeah, or something, exactly. right? Or it's exactly. even just like they cut off the hood. It's just like the yeah. It's some other interior, just like it's it's just like the yeah. I mean, I think the car is probably on a platform because I can see the windshield, and it might be more work to actually build an in- separate interior than just put the car on a trailer. Right. Well, but I was saying knows? it's just the car you put on the trailer, but maybe first they you know saw off the hood or something like that you know maybe they shot this last when they were done with the car yeah they have multiple cars yeah yeah. maybe who knows i i don't think there's any way we can know that but you can watch the dude with the steering wheel like as an actor he's got so much shit going on in this scene he's smoking a joint he's supposed to pretend to be driving he's checking out the rear view mirror he's drinking a beer He's pounding the roof. He's trying to be happy. He's trying to get in the moment. And he's supposed to actually be driving the car? <laughs> no fucking way, right? No way. This car's on a trailer, and it's going 10 to 15 miles per hour. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just pointing it out. That, that's how you have to shoot this. Like, you think it's pretty easy. You put a GoPro on the windshield... And it's like, hey, drive down the car and smoke a joint and drink a beer and then dump it on yourself and look in the rearview mirror. It'll be really easy. No, it's not easy. That's what had to happen to get the shot. Terrible. More depression sets in, Brad. Well, today you could just do it with a GoPro. No, you can't. Not when you're having all this. Not when you're having all this with the beer and the joint and the mirror. Right. It's no, too no. much. You're it's true. too much. True. You're true. If you're just literally, you got your hand on the steering wheel and you're driving, staring straight ahead, being melancholy, sure, then you could do it. Not with all this. Too much. It's too much, man. I never realized, he says, so he spots Stefino. We don't know that's Stefino yet, but he spots the blue VW bug following him and he says, keeping my cool as he turns down that side street. You ever notice that? No. He says, 65, 45, keeping my cool. He, 
you, you could always hear him like kind of mumble, oh, yeah. say something. He says, keeping my cool. I see that now. And I think you're kind of right. Like this it's is in the subtitles too. Although I didn't notice it because they subtitled the entire, all the lyrics to, uh, and it says, keeping my cool in there it says keeping mighty cool is what the subtitle says. I thought it said keeping my cool, but maybe I mean, it's hard to say. Cause it's well, one, I've never no. even noticed this before. He wouldn't say keeping mighty cool. Yeah, it seems a weird thing. That's just a fuck up by the transcriptionist. It's keeping my cool. I'm cool keeping my cool. Wait, I I don't remember. Did we mention that the dude says, this was the other thing I wanted to get to. Sorry, I went too far. Dude says, no, she hit me here, man. She didn't hit him. It was one of the uh, denim fellas. Right. Was he just trying to make it easy? Because she set up. Could be. The point, did they have some other conversation where she's like, I told the doctor I hit you. We were in an altercation. Please, blah, 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 blah. Don't make a big deal. Well, yeah, no, that's a good point. Or is I that mean, just an oversight? It could just be an oversight by his limber mind. It could just be, again, like you said, even if no, I don't think they had a specific conversation. It's just the him. easiest thing to say. It's just the easiest thing to say. And maybe in some ways it's true. Like she hit him using that right. denimed fellow as in her, that was her as implement. Her implement, her hitting implement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like her voice activated hit, hitting implement. Activate hitting sequence. Exactly. Okay. That's fine. But I don't think I ever took note of that before. She hit me here. Well, of course she did. Well, no, she didn't. It was one of her thugs. Just point it out. I'm doing my due yep. diligence, Bradley. No. This is it. my job. Don't judge me. Stop judging me. Can you riddle me this, Riddler? This is, what is this car? A Dodge Charger? Is that what this is? A Charger? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. I don't know cars. But I, I, it's something like that, some kind of challenger, charger, some shit. So at 6528, and it's all over the place, it's anytime we're looking through the front windshield at the dude, you can see those old school 70s style locks, door locks, you know, the big metal mm-hmm. rods that you'd have to mm-hmm. shove down, and then you'd lock your keys in there, you could get the coat hanger, worm it up through the window, put a little loop in it, and then like grab the top of the lock and kind of pull it up. They don't, they don't have that anymore too much. Look at the back door, though. The lock is is close to the front door lock, meaning it's towards the front of the car. Well, yeah. Does that mean the door opens, is the hinge towards the back? Or is that just how it worked? I mean, I'm trying to remember this. That's just how all cars work. Really? The lock's always in the front? The lock Shouldn't it be in the front the... and the back seat is in the front. Always? I don't know about Just because it's easy to reach, so you're not reaching I'll tell behind you what, yourself. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say. It's kind of blowing my mind a little bit. Yeah. When you pointed out the lock, I was like, oh, look at them. They're right next to each right, other. But weird. as I think of my car. That's how it is? That's how it is. That's fucked up. Because. Because. wouldn't it just. I thought it'd be activating something where it would open, you know? But I guess not. Well, I mean, I guess the bolt. That's like locking this somehow could be anywhere. I guess, but that seems like a like a lot of work. I think it because you know what yeah, my my know. reach around theory is no good because the driver's got to reach back. Yeah, the driver's got to reach back. Well, maybe it's so the driver can reach both doors. 
It's like, yo, open the back door. Okay. Click. Mm. Not open the back door. Well, sorry, I can't reach it. It's impossible. You'll have to wait until I come to a complete stop. Get out and of the get car, out of the car walk and crawl. Around, oh, yeah. Crawl the, uh, yeah, between crawl the two over. front seats and crawl over and get it. Yeah. Okay. You're filled with good <laughs> ideas. I don't know if I believe it. I mean, it's just an idea I came up with. I, it's a I good one. Thinking, I'm not saying it's not a good one. I just don't know if yeah. I believe it. So you have that bar, right? So sometimes that, it eats you. Sometimes you eat it. But you have, you know, so you have the the support, the struct, whatever it is. Yeah. The pylon, right? Where the back <laughs> pylon, where the the front door locks into that. Uh huh. That's presumably. so. That's like the place where you lock into. You know, I don't fucking know, man. What the, the door does. I just don't feel like the lock. I feel like it should. I mean, be I don't know what these old cars do. Now that I think about it here, side. yeah, you pull the thing down, it does a thing. But then, um. We're going to have to get a... I'm just thinking um, both locks have to connect. We're going to have to get an automotive expert both, on the show. Both locks have to connect to that pylon piece. That's what you're saying. You can stick to it. I'm not going to argue with you because I don't really give a shit about cars. How about that? Although I All do right. like those Dodge Chargers and Challengers they got out. I'm, I'm going to go with my theory. You know, I like those too. They're, Is I, that bad of me? Is it bad of me? I hate cars. I don't give, I see, give a too, shit about cars. I see cars. that and I'm and like, you know what? I'm I like, could go for that. I could fucking go for that, right? Are you serious? Are you fucking with me right now? No. Are you sure you're not making fun of me? No, I could definitely go with the Challenger. I like the Challenger better than the Charger. Even It's sexy. It's so like sleek and slightly Italian looking. And it's like, yeah, I could be there and go, mm, that's terrible. I hate that I'm a person who enjoys a car now. I hate cars. I hate them. I have zero interest in cars, but those fucking Chargers and Challengers have sexy cars. Yeah. Sexy cars, man. If they were my doctor, I'd let them ask me to take my shorts down. That's for so, sure. Yeah, I could, I could, yeah. No, the ch yeah, that Challenger. Mm. Yeah. You know, what? I think I just might go get one. Just do it. Just gonna go do it. Get the minivan. Gonna trade in. I'm sorry, dear sweet wife of mine, but this minivan has gotta fucking go. We need a challenger up in this piece. Yep. Black challenger. Black challenge. Black. Black. Not red. I'm looking at it right now. Black challenger. Black 2014 challenger. It's like, yep. Black 24. I'm looking at a black. I'm going for that. 2014. I think I might too. Black 2014 Challenger. Let's just... Oh, look at that shit. Ooh, that's nice. Why do I like that? It makes me feel bad about myself, but I don't care. It's so bad. It's good. Look at it. Yeah. I can't, Now, you will... I know that this is where we will stop, but if you did Black 2014 Challenger, some of these ones with just a little bit of the red highlights, whether it's... I don't like it on the wheel so much, and I don't like the one going straight down the hood, but there's one that has it kind of going across the hood, just a little red highlight. I kind of like just a tiny little red highlight. I don't know if I like it better than pure black, but I don't, like, hate it. Yeah, no, I see it. Now I'm talking about details on a car. Ugh. Oh, terrible. So... <sighs> 
And the doctor's voice cracks when he's like, because he has to ask him to take his shorts down. No, she hit me here. Yes. You take your shorts down, please. And he kind of cracks. So maybe he's a little excited. Could be. Did you notice? I'll go over that. Let me, I'm just going to run through these because we're running long here, man. We got to get through it. So the dude's smoking his marijuana cigarette. And it's, you can see it for most of the minutes. Tiny. It's like this little tiny thing. He can barely, he's like, it's like a quarter. It's like half a centimeter long. It's like 10 millimeters. It's tiny, right? Can barely hold on to yes. it. At, at 65.55, this is just before he flings it out the window. He is just holding a regular cigarette butt in his hands, and it's in his right hand, and his right hand is on the steering wheel. It's kind of tricky, because the shot's only there for a second, maybe less, but he's just got like a Marlboro menthol light butt pressed between his middle finger and his thumb, because he's getting ready. He just noticed that the private detective turned down the side street to follow him, and he's looking back all sternly in the rearview mirror, and he's like, I'm about to open a can of whoop-ass on this. Sh- I'm done with this. I'm tired of these assholes following me. So he's like, all right, fling this out the window, finish my beer. I'm going to stop and confront this guy. But instead, he flings it out, and the window's closed, and it goes back in his crotch, and that's kind of where the minute ends. But if you look, and it's... As I'm looking at it, it's 65.56, but you can see it's a full, just a regular white cigarette butt, like a regular cigarette butt, instead of this little miserable, like, self-wrapped joint. No, yeah, no, I totally see it. It's just in that one shot. Yeah, because they wanted it to show up when he flicked it, because if it was this tiny thing that was like, maybe even five millimeters yeah. long, you'd never he, see it. When he flicks it, you can't tell what it was. You, it doesn't, to me, when he flicks it... Yeah, the flicking is fine. You're right. Like he the flicks, flicking is it fine. was so quick, you can't even right. tell, like, on the film, like, oh, it's no, you, smaller or big, but right before so he much flicks motion it, there's a fraction of a second right. where it's on the steering wheel, and it's like, what is it's that? It does not match. Cigarette butt. At all. It's just yeah, a it's about butt. It's about an half inch long. <laughs> it's humongous. It, it, no, it's probably an inch long. An inch is longer than you think. Longer than you think, Brad. Yeah. I'd say a cigarette butt is an inch long. Easily. Not half an inch. Half an inch is tiny. I'd um, say the roach is quarter is of an inch. This is just where we're going to have to agree to disagree. Well, you have classically a misperception of scale. Case in Perhaps. point. Case in point. What was it, a pigeon? <laughs> yes. How big was Did- the pigeon? Like two inches, two inches, high. right? Two inches. Clearly, you have no idea what an inch or two inches is. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. Okay, I'll give you that. I'm the last person to be. <laughs> you to do be a lot of smackdown about w- scales, the reality of an inch, right? Scales, measurements, scope. Well, it depends on what scope we're talking about. But yeah, it's an inch long. Let's just. You're just going to have to submit to that one. I'm almost done. Let's just... All right, let's go through it. What else you got? I wanted to... I'll just put this in there. It doesn't matter. But uh, there was a nice article with Luke Besson discussing camera operations and dollying in particular. He had a couple of nice paragraphs about when he dollies, when he doesn't dolly, what that all means. 
We already talked about that? I don't think so. Okay. We'll put it in there if you want to hear more about dollying. Because we had the uh, mods apartment. We did the 18-inch dolly over. There we go. John Whipple would love to shoot 4K on his iPhone. And uh, Lindsay Lohan, it's not even worth my time anymore. There's also a link to Radio Lab and the entire episode, 40 minutes worth, about basically about nihilism. So if that's yes. the kind of shit you're interested in, then go for it. And one more thing, I, I was saving this. I'm going to send you this link so that you can react. I can react to it live here on the live show. Live here on videotape. All right. And you'll and have me. to scroll down now. Here it comes. All right, I'm ready. All right, there you go. You'll have to scroll down All right. to the second entry in the M section. And then go ahead and read it off, I guess. Huh. Huh. Mike Tree Draft Beer from The Big Lebowski, 1998 film, as well as That 70s Show. I assume that's what... I've seen a couple episodes of that. That's what... Uh, what's his name? Dad drank, maybe? Maybe. Who knows where it... So anyway, this is the beer that the dude is drinking. It's a fictional brand of beer called Mike Tree, M-E-I-C-H-T-R-Y, Mike huh. Tree Draft Beer. So there you go. They had to... <laughs> more depression. They had to make labels, get a designer to make labels for this beer that appears so fleetingly that it's difficult to even see what it says. It took me a very long time to look at that and figure it out. Is it? I wonder... Or is this is something it? that's just produced and they can say, hey, give me one of those fake beers. But it's only in two things. I don't know. What were you going to say? Well, that's what I was going to essence going to say the same thing. But wouldn't it have... It's just like a onset fake beer. But wouldn't it have shown up in more movies then? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I was just trying to look up... Well, maybe, you know, again, they don't want it to always be there. So they maybe have... Or it's one of these things. Maybe it was designed for this movie... Well, I'm sure or that... I guess designed for that 70s show, actually. Wait, that 70s show started before The Big Lebowski? Yes. Are you serious? Yes. Shut up. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we'd have to double check, right? No, you might be right. 98 to 2006. Isn't that curious? Same so year. So this company, they hired somebody to make a bunch of these. We only need one, and that 70s show is like, we'll get in on that action. <laughs> Make us another 200. We'll split the cost. What is that? They came out well, the same maybe, year. Well, no, maybe, I don't know, right, where this was in that 70s show. It might just be in a single episode, oh, and a right. single thing. Right. We don't really know. It could just be, we Like need... 2006, and they were referencing it. Well, gotcha. or I don't know. I could just be one of these things that happens. Like, I definitely see this a lot in... Other places where, you know, they'll reuse pieces of a set or something. You think I mean, they I, were using that same exact bottle? Maybe. It could, it could Poss- be. Is that like what you're it's sitting in some warehouse of, like, here's props. Like, when they're done with oh. the movie, what do they do? It's not like they just, like, throw all this stuff out. Or, right. It goes to the prop house of the studio because they spent there. money on that. And then, yeah, and then, oh, you're making a movie? You need a beer bottle? Well, go look in the prop department. Yeah. Interesting, Bradley. I like it. Yes. I think that makes a lot of sense. 
So, so if this show started in 98, let's look at this. That 70s show premiere. I'm just wondering, was it a January premiere or was it a... Uh, why would that matter? Well, I don't know. I guess I don't know why it would matter. I'm just trying to get a sense of the timeline, because which would have been ha- would have been filmed first. Well, right. Don't forget that this came out in '98, so they were shooting in '97. Well, that seventy. You mean you mean Lebowski? Lebowski. Yeah. No, you're right about that. And this show could have been filming in '97 if this was one of these spring. Yeah, it's a launches yeah, but no it wasn't it started around. in august 98 yeah so they were shooting this in like the summer of, of 98 doesn't take as long to shoot that right so they were probably yeah so this it appeared in lebowski the lebowski stuff was shot first they got two three cameras they roll through an episode in a fucking week you know well and the uh this lebowski movie didn't this come out in early 98 like march 98 it was yeah i'm gonna say it was not a summer movie yeah I can't be sure. I mean, I think we mentioned it before, but I'm pretty sure it was on, on like March. Yeah, March 6, 1998. Yeah, I remember it being pretty miserable. Although in central Pennsylvania, it's hard to, that doesn't right. narrow it down too much. So this, uh, yeah, so this movie came out, I would hazard a guess that this movie came out before the first episode of that 70s show was even shot. It would have to, right? I mean, you never know. Like if it's the pilot, they might have shot that before the summer. It was. I would say it's definitely filmed before they filmed that episode of that seventy show. Would have to because the but I'm first saying episode even before aired it came out August twenty third, and Lebowski came out in March. Right. So yeah, yeah, they weren't they weren't shooting this in. Yeah, no, they were well past Lebowski shooting times by the time they started shooting that seventy show. No way around it. I think it's cool that this page well it has the duff at the top right there's another like, simpsons reference yep because well duff beer that's probably the most well-known fictional gotta be well that and uh beer. what's the one that um so obviously i think i just answered that question <laughs> but it was sctv and uh those fucking assholes yeah cool never mind <laughs> obviously yeah. doesn't matter at all the you mean the beer the canadians drank yeah those crazy bastards was that even a fake beer was it sct or was that a real beer it was just a real canadian beer oh maybe i don't even remember what beer it was i think at the time Neither. watching that show when i was still fairly young i don't think i would i always felt like i don't remember at all what the beer brand was but i felt like it was always a joke yeah well i thought it was a joke too no, it You're is something. It, it is not, like a fake beer because it's a fake they, beer, right? They made didn't they make a movie where they had to like go to yes. the place where they made that beer? But that doesn't necessarily make it fake. Well, the way it's presented, it seems like it's part of the. Uh, well, I just scrolled through this entire list of fake beers, and you know it would be in there, and I didn't see anything that jumped out at me. Let's see here: Great White North beer. Who was in that? Who were the two people? Rick Moranis yeah. and... Who's that other guy? Um, Dave. He has the same name as the guy that founded Wendy's. Dave what, Chappelle. What was his name? Dave Welch. Um, David DeCovney. Dave Thomas. Oh, that's a letdown. Hm. Yeah, but I don't see it here. So what is it? Just search Rick Moranis 
beer commercial. Well, the name of the movie was Strange Brew. Bob and Doug McKenzie, Great White North, Beer Nog. Is it not Strange Brew? Really? Well, Strange Brew was the title of the movie because they had to go... Hmm. It says here, Elsinore Beer. So, is that not... Did they not have a particular... Was it well, not Elsinore, a I... I don't know what that is. I feel like that's from... Brad, can, let's just stop embarrassing let's, ourselves. Seriously. Let's just fucking put us out of our misery. Come oh on, my god. Just, this last ten minutes was the worst such, use of airtime ever. Oh, it's just rotting up on the poop deck. Good man, I gotta press Good. stop. It's terrible yeah. shit. Horrible. Terrible shit. Next time on Gutterball.